Julie, when we think about our responsibilities, right, the, 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 to people in our lives, to our business, to our families, oftentimes I think we'd really benefit from creating a, an environment of, of consequences or an accountability, a, an environment of accountability, as our friend Dave Ingram likes to share with us. In fact, recently we recorded a conversation with Dave Ingram uh, on this very topic, and I think our listeners would really benefit from from getting to hear a little bit from Dave on this topic. I agree. Accountability is certainly one of my most favorite topics, and I can't wait for our listeners to hear the ideas that Dave has to share with us. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Julie. We're the hosts of the Hartford Fund's Human-Centric Investing Podcast. Every other week, we're talking with inspiring thought leaders to hear their best ideas for how you can transform your relationships with your clients. Let's go. Today, we're fortunate to be joined by David Ingram, who's Regional Vice President and Advisor Consultant for Hartford Funds. He's responsible for marketing Hartford Funds and the Hartford Smart 529 in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. David supports financial advisors and their clients with educational material, client seminars, product expertise, and practice management strategies. In 2005, David joined the organization as a Regional Marketing Director. He's a registered representative of Hartford Funds Distributors, is FINRA Series 6, 7, and 63 registered, and holds his life and variable licenses. Originally from New Jersey, David attended Lemoyne College, where he received a bachelor's degree in marketing. He later attended Rutgers University, where he received a master's degree in business administration. David currently lives in New Jersey with his wife, Elizabeth, their son, Lincoln, and twins, Maxwell and Jackson. Dave, thank you so much for joining us today for our Human-Centric Investing Podcast. Hey, Julie, my pleasure. Thank you for the wonderful intro and thoroughly looking forward to our conversation with you and John here today. Well, Dave, you know, I don't know how many years it is now that we've worked together, but one of the things I most enjoy and that I'm excited at kind of letting our listeners in is the substance of most conversations that you and I have. And it's around productivity, right? Kind of creating the right systems and environments for productivity. In fact, uh, there, there were podcast episodes we did in the past around this topic. But today, I want you to talk about this idea of creating an environment of consequences or an environment of accountability, because it's something I know you've got quite a few ideas about, and I always find them intriguing. And uh, one thing I'm hoping we can also do by the end of the podcast is uh, maybe have you share with us some of the authors, some of the podcasts, some of the things like that that you found really helpful so that maybe some of the financial professionals who are listening might also uh, take you up on some of those things. So talk a little bit about this environment of accountability, if you will. Yeah, John, great place to start. And as you alluded to, there's been podcast episodes where we've talked about not that there's any substitute for hard work when it comes to obtaining success, but there are definitively shortcuts. There are strategies that you can utilize to make the path to success easier and better. And, you know, in the past, we talked about creating a physical environment that is conducive to productivity, to flow, to success. We talked about maintaining a social environment, you know, surrounding yourself with people that are playing this game of business and life at a higher level where they almost can't help but bring you up. And these environments, they're oftentimes overlooked, misunderstood, underutilized. And that segues right into the environment you're talking about, really creating an environment of consequences. 
And we'll begin with this, this idea. There was an old quote, most people's results could be doubled if the situation simply demanded it, right? So how are we creating situations for ourselves that inherently call on us to raise our standards, raise our behaviors, and by doing so, we'll raise our results? It's kind of like you need pressure to create diamonds. So I'm not talking about necessarily putting intense pressure on yourself. But what I am talking about is raising the stakes, creating an environment of consequences. And just by doing that, that in of itself is a shortcut to success. Dave, it's so interesting when you talk about accountability. I find that in conversations with financial professionals, oftentimes they'll say, yes, I have accountability partners in my life. But what's really interesting to me is oftentimes those relationships or the conversations haven't been formalized. It, it's more of an informal, you know, I, I think I have this person in my network or my universe, but I don't have a clear path as to how they're holding me accountable, how often we speak, what that looks like. Could you share some of your thoughts around formalizing that accountability relationship in one's life, business, practice, et cetera? Yeah, and a good place to start is clarifying. Why would someone even need accountability in the first place? And, and let me give you a few ideas. And, and if these ideas resonate some with, with our members of the audience out there today, it's a not so subtle reminder. You could probably benefit from an increased level of accountability. So one reason why someone may need accountability, they just don't have clearly defined goals, right? Like they may not be lacking for drive, desire, determination, discipline. They may be lacking for direction. Like they just don't know what it is they want. So that's where accountability could lend a second set of eyes and help you get on the right path to your ultimate destination. Another reason why someone will need accountability, you have clearly enough or clearly defined goals, but your why isn't big enough, right? He or she's why who is big enough can bear almost any how. So again, accountability can help you better articulate not just what do you want, but why. Why are you going to keep going and moving forward in the pursuit of that? Something else, why someone would need accountability, they're just not invested in their goals, right? And that could be monetary investment or just, you know, your, your own actual emotional investment. Because if you're interested in your goals, if you're interested in your success, then oftentimes you'll do what's convenient. But if you're committed to success, you'll do what it takes. And that's where accountability can, again, add another layer to help you get on track and stay on track. And then also too, as I mentioned, um, operating an environment, operating an environment that is conducive to success, accountability can help you create that, stay the course and uh, maintain a proper environment. So those are some reasons why people would need accountability in their lives. So Dave, are you talking about accountability to another person, a group of people, or are you talking about accountability driven by systems or processes, kind of what do you mean by an environment of consequences? Yeah, so accountability can take on many different faces. And one is someone. It can also be something. When it comes to that someone, we want to make sure if we're going to select an accountability partner, we want to spend the right time making sure we get the right person, right? So let's say you wanted to become better at basketball. Well, 
if some guy or gal down the street, some weekend warrior was accountability partner, I mean, you know, they might get you to get out there and put up some shots and maybe rebound for you. And that's okay. But if your accountability was partner was Michael Jordan, right? Like, like overnight, that's a shortcut. If Michael Jordan was your accountability partner, you have drive, desire, determination, but all of a sudden your accountability partner is Michael Jordan. All the stakes have been raised. That's an environment of consequences. Like we as human beings, we're more likely to let ourselves down than someone else. And if that someone else is Michael Jordan, hey, we want to be like Mike. So if you have an accountability partner that motivates and inspires you, it's going to make that journey to success easier and better. So that's an example of someone, something. How do we create an environment of consequences with something? I'll tell you one of the greatest things right here. In my hand, I have a timer. When I'm in my office, I always have a timer within arm's length. Time is an incredible accountability partner. And, and the way I think about time from an accountability perspective, it's known as Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law simply states that our time will expand or contract to complete an activity based simply on however much time we have available. So when you put time on a physical timer, that's an incredible accountability partner. It allows you to maintain focus because this time is relentless. It is ticking down whether you like it or not, whether you're distracted or not, whether you're interrupted or not. So timing or, or timer is a perfect example of something that can add a great layer of accountability for you. I couldn't agree more, Dave. I, I use the good old timer trick for myself quite a bit throughout the day. And I found that it really does help keep that focus and, and, and make sure that, um, you know, projects aren't uh, trickling out throughout the day. You know, I'm curious, I hear fairly frequently from financial professionals, and I'm sure that you do as well, that I've never worked harder. I've never been busier. Um, you know, just the, the day doesn't seem to end. And how do I continue to wrap my arms around my business and my practice and make it as scalable and efficient as possible? What would you say, or what is your guidance to those financial professionals that, that feel that way, like there just aren't enough hours in the day? What is that next step that they might be able to take, even though they feel swamped and overwhelmed, but in an effort to try to get out of that state of, of um, overwhelm, if you will? Yeah, Julie, it's funny you say that. When I'm meeting advisors for the first time, I'll routinely ask them this question. If I had a magic lamp, and could grant you one or two business wishes. What comes to mind when I say that? And so often they say something along the lines of put more hours back into my day, you know, mitigate the interruptions, distractions, add clarity from day to day. And basically what I'm hearing when they say something along those lines is they're too busy. And the idea is we always have enough time for our priorities. We have never have enough time for everything because there's always something more to do. So when people say that they're too busy, I'm not saying that's a crutch or an excuse. It simply may be they lack clarity on what they should be doing at any given time. And it's difficult when you're busy. It's difficult to hit the pause button and take a step back and say, okay, what are my highest value activities? And how do I focus on those? 
And I'll give you one more example of accountability. Now I'm holding up this physical piece of paper. This is one of the greatest pieces of professional advice I've ever received and quite possibly the best habit I've ever personally developed. And it's the simple idea of never starting your day till it's finished on paper. So you and only you should be the architect and designer of what, where, with whom, and how long we're allocating our time. This is another form of accountability. When you map out and design what you want your day to look like, you know, hey, from 10 to 11, I'm going to be focusing on this. From 1 to 1.30, I'll be executing on that. And that adds as another layer of accountability throughout your workday. And I think, Dave, it's important for financial professionals to think not just on the business, because we know as, as our business grows, the demands on all other aspects of our life are impacted. And I think, you know, you and I have both met folks over the years that, that built a phenomenal business as their family fell apart or uh, really as they, they lost relationships with the people that are important to them. And I think uh, whenever you talk about kind of planning that day or even taking a step back and thinking about your week, time blocking, what are the big things, the big rocks, if you will, um, that you need to do this week, be they in business or outside of business, I think making a commitment to those kind of important tasks, important relationships, I would say, you know, when we talked about accountability, you started off by saying not putting intense stress on yourself. But, I, you know, it, for someone that's really driven, I think the worst feeling is to be disappointed in yourself, right? And I think many of these systems that you're talking about are ways to safeguard us against becoming disappointed in ourselves right? Because we didn't follow through or we didn't spend our time in the most productive way. And so uh, I think not starting your day until it's finished on paper is a huge, huge uh, tool and very valuable practice. John, you started to go down a path briefly that stirred my soul. It so resonated with me. And it was this idea of, of trying to balance the business with the family. Right. So I've got a wonderful wife, three amazing little boys. And some people have this notion that, hey, something's going to have to suffer. If I run the business that I'm truly capable of and it's flourishing, my family life, family life might have to take a little hit. Or you know what? If I want to be the spouse that I know I'm capable of being, the father to my little boys, like the business is going to have to take a back seat. And I would argue that's not the case. You'll never be able to do it all, but you can have it all. And that goes back to identifying, articulating, focusing, and executing on your priorities above everything else. So I was saying earlier this idea that most people's results could be doubled if the situation simply demanded it. Here's another way to think about it, another saying. Most people's results could be doubled if their time was cut in half. Right. Like, again, this is executing and exercising this Parkinson's law. Your time will expand or contract to complete your activities based on simply however much time you have available. So when I think about this through the lens of financial advisors and I joke with my advisors all the time, what is typically the most productive day or days of their year? The day before they go on vacation. Right. And you think about why is that? Well, because at the end of today, I'm leaving town or I'm leaving the country. And I won't be back for a week or two. So I don't have time to put out all these fires and 
and grab all these inbound but unscheduled phone calls and address the hundred some odd emails that hit my inbox today. No, when we have that time contracted, automatically what comes to the, the forefront is our highest value activities. So when you design a calendar that is aligned with your priorities, both business and personal, it will just add a higher level of simplicity, clarity, and most importantly, results in the areas of your life that matter most, business, family. Dave, I love how you've positioned the strategy is such an important part of this uh, recipe, if you will. And I'm thinking about those financial professionals that have found themselves, you know, working past four and then working past five and then working past six and seven and eight. And they're sitting there late every night thinking that adding more hours to their workday is going to help them get from here to there. What would you say to those individuals as what would be the first place to start in, in determining their strategy and creating a system that really is true to their values, both personal and professional? Where, where would they start? Feeling overwhelmed, of course, because that's where many folks are. Yes, Julie. I heard this from a good friend of mine. He's an entrepreneur. And he said, you know, so often when we feel overwhelmed, we simply lack clarity on what to do next. And oftentimes our, our answer to that is just do more, schedule more meetings, drive more miles, work longer hours, send more emails. And more is not always the answer. Matter of fact, we need to make sure we're not multiplying by zero. Like we can keep doing more, but if we're just increasing our busyness without increasing our business, we might just be multiplying by zero. So we need to make sure we're focusing on the right things at the right time. We can actually do more by oftentimes focusing on less. And I would also say that sometimes people think if I work till four or five or six, that's the answer. So often it's, it's not working longer hours, and this is certainly nothing new, but it is working smarter. What are those high value activities that you should be focusing on? and making sure that we're constantly putting those on our calendar first, and those are being addressed. And then we'll get to everything else if and when we get the chance. Hey, Dave, I promised our listeners that I would ask you some of the most impactful books that you've read, maybe some of the most impactful podcasters or podcasts. What would you suggest to somebody who says, look, I, I really want, need to get my arms around this practice, and I really need to do some some smart thinking about my environments, about my scheduling, about my time. Um, wh who comes to mind for you? Yeah, so the book titles I'll share with our audience today are all going to be built upon the environments we talked about. Having a, a great physical environment to work in, an environment that's conducive to flow, making sure you're maintaining a strong social environment, people that inspire, motivate, they lift you up and then creating this environment of consequences, basically raising the stakes in a positive, healthy manner to get the best out of you. Some books that come to mind, one book title uh, is very eye-catchy, but it is oh so true, oh so important. It's called Willpower Doesn't Work, right? Like this idea of willpower and discipline, so often those are outdated, antiquated methodologies. They're gonna, they're gonna fail you. So. You need to, again, work more on these different environments. The book delves into that. Another book is Atomic Habits by James Clear. 
there's one quote that James Clear says that embodies what we're talking about. I, I was talking earlier about so often people aren't lacking for drive, desire, determination, or discipline. They're lacking the right direction, the right strategy. And James Clear's quote in his book, Atomic Habits, we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. So, so often people just need a better strategy. They need a better system. It's not just hustling and grinding. And then another one is index card business plan, how to simplify your strategy to magnify your results. Uh, that is another one where we're talking about creating an environment of consequences. This is establishing weekly, what they'll call pillars or business habits or rituals where week in and week out, if we satisfied A, B, and C within our business, we'll know beyond a shadow of a doubt, we've moved the needle in our business. So there's a few book titles that quickly come to mind. Each and every one of those have had a huge impact on my business and personal life. And they also tie exactly into these environments we're talking about to create optimal results. Dave, thank you for that insight on those uh, books and other resources. And I think for those of us that are inspired to take the next step, the most important part is taking that step immediately, not waiting and and in the spirit of Dave, creating that strategy and not just adding extra hours to the workday, but really being clear on what work you are prioritizing, how you are executing it, and what that environment truly looks like. Thank you again, Dave, for joining us today and, and educating us on, on the power of a strategy. Hey, Julie and John, thank you both so much. Thoroughly enjoyed myself. Very much appreciate you inviting me to be a part of today's podcast. Thanks for listening to the Hartford Funds Human-Centric Investing Podcast. If you'd like to tune in for more episodes, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. And if you'd like to be a guest and share your best ideas for transforming client relationships, email us at guestbooking at hartfordfunds.com. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you soon.